All right, I want to mention something and then see what you guys picked up on this. For for Lyft, she has had a few references to the Night Watcher. Um, what have you guys collected for this? What do you guys think happened uh, with this? She she says a couple things to Wendell about this, and uh, a lot of it you're just left to guess at. So what, what are you guys' guesses for the Night Watcher concerning Lyft? I do have a pretty direct guess, which I thought of like whenever I heard about this. So it, it talks about, um, I guess, Lyft went to the Night Watcher to say, I don't want to grow up, is the what I got from it. She's like, oh, I don't want to be old. So she's been 10 for three years or so. Um, but I, I took it as, a, I bet it's going to play into Oathbringer. Because we know that there's a history between Dalinar and the Night Watcher, and you get yes. a uh, you get like a a curse and a gift, um, and stuff. And so, well, you get well. Just let me clarify that for you before you go. You get a boon, mm-hmm. which is what the Night Watcher deems will solve your request, and then you get a curse. So. Whether that okay. thing you asked for is actually a gift, in quotes, is up for interpretation. But you get your request fulfilled in a way that the Night Watcher deems appropriate, and then you get a, a, a curse on top of that. Okay, okay. So it could end up being a double negative, but Correct. ideally it's a, 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 a gift and a curse idea in, in a good scenario. Okay, that, that makes... Okay, I'm glad you, you stopped me there. Um, so with that, I, I assumed it's going to end up playing into Dalinar's relation to the Night Watcher and providing info there, um, in Oathbringer. And that's kind of, I kind of just summed it up to that and not to worry about it too much and that it will probably come back in Oathbringer to be something more notable. But I don't know if Elliot had thoughts about that or if you have stuff you can share, um, I, I started in the same place as you, Paul. I I did pick up on it. It seems like her request might have been something like don't grow old or, or don't change or something along those lines. Lyft seems to make a couple references to that. But then as as the, the story went on, I, I was less and less sure about what exactly the interaction with the, the Night Watcher was because it, it seems like Lyft thinks she hasn't aged, but then it seems like there's kind of hints that perhaps she is still aging and that she is still changing and that she she thinks she's not supposed to be. But then she kind of has moments where she's like, oh, but I have changed. And so maybe that's what Lyft thinks she asked for. And in reality, she kind of got something a little different. I, I don't know. I, I started the story thinking I knew what she got but, and, and finished the story rather unsure. Classic. Would you like to know my worst? Would you like to know my worst fear about her relation to the Night Watcher? Yes. Uh oh. It is. It is that. Um. So she could have definitely said like, "Oh, I, like, I don't want to grow old. I don't want to be old." And then maybe she will have a really young death, which is very mm. morbid. And I'm sorry for everyone watching, but I did. I did briefly think about that, and I was like, "That would be." No, I thought about that when Trevor corrected me that 
it's not a good thing necessarily, but an answer. Um, and if she says that, then the Nightwatch could be like, okay, whatever, you'll die young or something. Like, you know, you won't grow old, uh, right. which would be very sad. Um, so yeah, that is my worst fear for uh, Lyft's relation to the Nightwatcher. So hopefully that's not the case. Do you guys have any... Did you pick up anything or have any predictions for her curse? She doesn't seem to know it or she hasn't mentioned it or hasn't come up yet. Um, but do you guys have any predictions for her curse that she received? So I'm trying to solve where her stormlight metabolism comes from. That mm. seems to be an ability that like not even Knight's Radiant are supposed to have and so that there's there's that there's also the fact that she can interact with spren like she can climb the vines of windle when even windle thinks that she's not supposed to be able to do that so that there's there's two kind of oddities about lift that i think could be tied to the night watcher whether they're on the boon side or the curse side not really sure but i think those abilities the supernatural nature of them beyond what we even see Knights Radiant do seems like those might be candidates for something she got from the Night Watcher, but I, I, I can't point to one thing and say I think it's the curse. I'm not really sure. It's fair. If I, if I was going to make a guess, I was going to go with the food thing. Um, it does, like, at first I was like, okay, this is kind of neat. She, like, gets stormlight through food she has. But throughout the story, it seems like it's a weakness. It doesn't seem very effective having to always find food or whatever and stuff like that. It it seems like just having a bag of some spheres with Stormlight would be much more efficient. Um, so yeah, the, I could see that as a curse. I hadn't thought about her being able to climb on Window. I kind of just took that as like, oh, that's an edge dancer thing edge dancers their spread or whatever they can kind of interact or something um but I, I hadn't thought about that that could be related just off the top of your head how many times is stormlight mentioned in this short story not many that there's a few references to all the all the spheres are running out of stormlight because there hasn't been a high storm in too long of a time and so they're all rushing to put their spheres out during this new storm or there's not any any stormlight but every time there's a reference to like someone wielding stormlight it's always just using the term glow or or awesomeness like lift glows or darkness glows and i i kind of just took that as lift's childish perspective on that she's doesn't know that that's stormlight and so she just as her she just thinks about it as ooh the glow and so i kind of translate ahead to stormlight but but now that you mention that stormlight definitely is not mentioned nearly as often as we're used to seeing does and lift herself at least is not consciously have stormlight on her at least she's not mentioning it like all of our all of our search binders so far have been talking about their sphere pouch and 
stormlight and high storms and making sure you're flying at the the head of the storm and that type of thing like that for Kaladin and Zeth's fight, et cetera, et cetera. She has not mentioned spheres or stormlight once. She's just obsessed with food. So is that a edge dancer thing? Is that a lift thing? Is that a night watcher thing? We'll have to wait and find out. Well, you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I was going to... Yeah, you're right. Stormlight is not pointed to near as much. Um, the, the most notable thing I could think of was... I forget what they call her. The, the lady at the end who's like a surge binder. The stump. The stump. Yes, the stump. The stump. Uh, the stump is a surge binder. They, they talk a lot about her having infused spheres and kind of trading those and getting all these infused yeah. spheres and using stormlight and stuff like that. So I would say that's the most notable mention. It talks about, I feel like it, that comes up a bit at the end of the book. But yeah, you're right. There's not there's not that much mention. I don't think Lyft has a big gr- uh, grasp on it. And she even says at one point, like, why do I want money? Like, she doesn't care about money and stuff like that. So, yeah. I think it's I think it's really funny that the stump, as we call her, is introduced as like this old grouchy lady who she's running this orphanage, but she has no like she she sticks to her rules of like you're allowed two meals, you can have them whenever you want, but you're exactly like two meals or three meals, or whatever she says. And like she's a huge stickler for the rules. And then turns out at the end that she's a fledgling edge dancer and she she barely knows it. She She's figured out that she's using Stormlight because she's swapping, she's swapping Stormlight like in the alley for for Dun spheres and infused spheres, and she's she's kind of figured out what's happening because she can heal, as what Lift as Lift is uh, figured out that like wait I didn't heal this person oh she did, so, uh, she's definitely figured out that she's uh, been healing and what we assumed to be an edge dancer. And for the rules that you guys know, there is going to be another uh, order that can that can heal because uh, orders share one ability with their neighbors. Um, which brings me to back to our Skybreaker friends. At the end of this book, Nail flies off. Did you guys catch that? I did. I also noticed that his, even his apprentice people, can fly when they when they head out to go get the. Uh, well, they they think they're chasing a surge binder. In reality, they they run into our monster man, creepy guy, but but they fly as well. And so I started thinking down along the same lines that I think you're you're leading us down here, Trevor. And that was you know, okay, what are the surges? What are the what are the powers that surge or that skybreakers have? And clearly, one of them is is flight, which we can we know is shared with the the wind runners, right? So perhaps that whole lashing method of of flight, unless it's some other sort of type of flight, perhaps. But uh, we we probably should have predicted this. I mean, wind runners and skybreakers, like. Are both going to fly, right? Right. But, but I, I couldn't quite pin down maybe a second ability of the Skybreakers. I, I really wasn't sure. Yeah, I, I didn't either. Um, I did think about 
in a little bit of like what does what do the edge dancers share with um and i thought back to the interlude in the way of kings where dalinar has a vision and sees the radiance and one of them heals and i am taking it that 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 the radiant to heal there is not an edge dancer but the other one two orders of knights radiant have the ability for regrowth okay um or to heal and I don't remember seeing evidence of um, of healing or, or of other things, so it's a little confusing, I guess. But yeah, but I, I was just kind of making that guess there that that we've seen whatever the other half of Edge Dancer people are. So can I can I give you guys a hint? Because you guys have actually seen it, but you don't know. I don't know if you have recognized it well is it the is it the old man that uh um nail killed because he he was doing healing as well he was with the the street kids but the description of his spren didn't seem like a windle type spren it seemed like a different spren which would lead me to guess that he's a, a different order is that where you were going or is there another one there's another one And so we have a a character who used to need glasses and no longer does. Do you know who that is? Is is it Renarin? It is Renarin. Renarin is. Oh, he told us. Is he an else caller? He told you at the no, end of Words of Radiance. Yasna, right? Yasna's an else caller. It was something. Okay, it was something with kind of a visionary kind of. He is thing. a truth watcher. This what That's this right. what he's okay. titled. Yeah. Right. Okay. So truth watchers share the surge of regrowth with the edge dancers. Okay. I feel like that is a little hard to make that connection. So I I instinctively thought like because every surge binder seems to be able to heal themselves. Sure. Um, and so I just kind of took it as, as that, like, yeah, Lopin starts to grow an arm, Kaladin's been injured, he's always healed himself, you know, every right. one kind of does, so now I do see that there. I have kind of thought a little bit about, okay, can we start piecing together our orders a little bit? And I'm going to kind of make the jump a little bit, so if we have our Windrunners, right, they can fly and they can do all these lashings and stuff. We've seen our skybreakers come fly, so I'm assuming they share that side. Like, if our wind runners are here, the skybreakers like share that, and then have something else which we don't fully know. And then on the other side, I'm gonna say that the edge dancers share the other quality. It's a little confusing, I think. So, do you want me to just go through it for you guys? Because we we know enough at this point that I can just kind of spell it out for you, and it won't be that big of a uh, big of a spoilers here. Okay, we can't. I'm gonna finish making my little guess, and then yep. I'll let you do it. Uh, that way, I, that way, I get all the credit when I'm right. You know. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we have our like windrunners that are sharing with skybreakers and edge dancers. Uh, I was, and then I think edge dancers, you know, shared the regrowth with, I guess, truth watchers. And who knows where light weavers and all of them go? But I was just trying to think. I think all the, those three are kind of like together. 
or four now if we know that truth watchers share regrowth there but yes i am curious to hear them again so they can think about that are you ready elliot or were you going to read something there no i'm 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 cheating I, i'm pulling up the ars arcanum in the back <laughs> of uh words to look at the list that i think you're about to walk us through so i'm going to go through the surges and then let you know the uh um I'm sorry, the orders that, that orders. can equip them. Yeah. So the first one is adhesion, and it allows you to bind things together. And it is shared between the Bondsmiths and the Windrunners, which we have two of those as our two main characters of Kaladin and, and Dalinar. The next one is gravitation, which is the control of gravity. Um, and it allows you to do the lashings, which we've seen. And it is shared between the Windrunners and the Skybreakers, which we guys, which you guys have figured out so far. We have I'll, I'll actually come back to that one, because uh, we know the least about the least about that one. We have the surge of abrasion, which is the influence of friction. Um Surge Binder can uh make his or her body near frictionless and it used by the edge dancers and the dust bringers. We have the surge of regrowth or progression, if you want to have the fancy word for it. And it's shared by the edge dancers and the truth watchers. It essentially allows external healing um, externally from your, your stormlight that can heal yourself. We have illumination which uh, can project light uh, via stormlight. It can manipulate stormlight, basically, in a visual way. We've seen a lot of that. And light weavers and truth watchers uh, share that one. We have transformation, which is soul casting. And else callers and light weavers share that one. We have transportation, which is the surge of motion and teleportation is also included in this else callers and will shapers can control that one we have cohesion which <laughs> i'm just going to read this one because there's a lot of fancy words here the surge of strong axial interconnection search binders can mold solid materials as if it were liquid to solid, to gas. And that one is used by will shapers and stone wards. And we have tension, which we don't know much about. It says the wiki. So I'm not going to go into that one, but that one is stone wards and bondsmiths. And then the, the one that I skipped is division. And it is uh, the surge of destruction and decay and tearing things apart, removing things from other things, and it is shared by skybreakers and dustbringers. Any questions? I kind of went through that fast, but I think that made sense. So the yeah, think, yeah. the three that we know the the three orders that we know near nothing about at this point are stone wards. Dustbringers and wheel shapers, right? Like we haven't 
we haven't met any of the three of those mm-hmm. so those uh those surges that we were told uh we don't know that much about so any any questions there um i'm really curious about the cohesion one you mentioned just we haven't seen it in practice at all as far as we know and maybe if if so then it's definitely something that i'll have to reread to notice you haven't um, seen it explicitly explained to you i will put it that way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yasna does um, appear it, right in front of wit i will say that she just appears in front of him and wit knew she was coming this is like out in the middle of nowhere we're assuming yeah um, but you said cohesion was the it's like kind of transferring items from like liquid solid to mist to all those like You're, things and stuff yeah yeah that was the wrong one sorry i thought you said transportation yeah cohesion is mm-hmm. solid to liquid to gas yeah yeah that was the one i was thinking i i feel like we haven't seen that like i said or if we have it's something that we haven't noticed because we didn't know about it formally um but that's something that i'm really curious about because that seems pretty cool the only thing i will say about that one is do you guys remember the interlude that paul you were referencing earlier full dalinar and the midnight essence do you remember how they were explained or how they were described? They were like smoky. Yeah, they were smoke, but their their bodies were like a, a a sack of like liquid, and if you touched it, it like it gave in, and it was kind of just like an inflated balloon. So there's some weird like gas, liquid, solid visualization going on there. That I, I'll remind you of that interesting so yeah it's like someone could have been manipulating the like basically the fabric of what i don't know makes them up or whatever that's kind of interesting i had not ever thought about that hmm. it seems like yeah, that i'm very curious cool honestly i should have been I'm a very stone curious what the heck? Y- yeah yeah I'm very curious to see more of these in action. Yeah, like the, that one that you're talking about there, Paul, and some of these other ones. Of Even that description kind of has me wondering, like, well, what all could you do with that? Because as we've seen, the, the knights can get fairly creative with how they use their powers. So hopefully we'll see some new powers in Oathbringer. I can confirm you will see new powers in Oathbringer. That is a spoiler. I will give that one Rat. up. Thank you. Cha-ching. All right. Our, as far as like Edge Dancer as a whole, as a short story, did you guys enjoy it? Are you just like super can't wait to get into Oathbringer? So you were like, okay, I guess we'll read this before Oathbringer. Cause that's how I was. But I, I did enjoy Edge Dancer on a reread perspective. But on my first read, I wasn't a huge fan of Edge Dancer, but what what were you guys' thoughts as Edge Dancer as as a story is kind of separating it from the in world lore, if you will? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I thought it was it was fun. I, I was reading it a little quicker than I read like Wars of Radiance or, or going into Oathbreaker, which I actually felt. I, Trevor, I think you recommended this. I, I think I think I felt appropriate for the story. That there were some some good nuggets gets to find in there but it was it was more of a lighthearted, just kind of jaunt through this part of of roshar and th- there were some important parts but at the same time it was just kind of lift 
goofing around and eating pancakes all the time and that it, it was fun it, it was it was fun yeah i can i can agree so i think i was a little more excited than for edge dancer than i should have been um i was really excited partly because we we're in roshar partly because it's it really plays into this whole interlude thing i like uh, this was basically just one long interlude. Yeah. Um, but I felt like there wasn't that much digging to do. Like, it wasn't that deep. Um, it even... I'm trying to think of a better word for it. I almost said it spoiled it for me, which it didn't. But at the end, at least of the audiobook I was listening to, Brandon Sanderson kind of explains his motives for writing Edge Dancer. Yep. There's and a, it's really uh, to set up... like There's a postscript, yeah. Yeah, it's really to just set up two points, like kind of like setting up with Lyft because we need to know like a little bit about her before the way she's going to be used. And one other thing I don't remember. And setting up Nile. Yeah, that's right. Um, And so basically that's the only two things that needed to be done. And so kind of a lot of the story wasn't that important and I kind of breezed through it and I enjoyed it, but not that much. I was kind of getting through it. I thought the end was really exciting, and I really liked it. Um, overall, I really enjoyed Edge Dancer, um, but kind of just... I kind of hoped there was going to be a little more significance than there was, so I was kind of like, okay, let's get on to Oathbringer where everything is going to be. I can try and dive in and look for more significant stuff or bigger things, Right. Yes. I I would be willing to bet that there's more in here than than you and I realize, Paul. Uh, as if I've learned anything from the Way of Kings and Words of Radiance, that uh, I bet there's a bunch of of bits of information that that mean way more to the rereader. That that seems to be a a Sanderson hallmark. Oh, but, but I agree. It doesn't seem like there's quite as much to the new uh, new reader. Well, and. Bouncing off of this into uh, another little rabbit hole here, which we've mentioned, but we haven't really dug into, the sleepless. We kind of just got that dropped right on our plate in uh, in chapter eighteen, where Nail and his and his followers are hunting this what they think surge binder in this in the city here, and he turns out to be a bunch of interlocking Kremlings. What are your guys? <laughs> thoughts on this did you did you have a visual of what was happening because i so i don't know if you guys are familiar with the pipes of the caribbean but in the third movie there's the the goddess whatever lady and she explodes into like a hundred thousand crabs or something on the on the boat that's instantly what i thought of when i when i read this part of the book is just this person exploding into a bunch of crabs but what what were you guys' thoughts on on the sleepless? Oh, I have I have a couple things to say. Um, one of which, oh, so, so slightly wrapping up my the former point, uh, I do understand there's going to be a whole lot of stuff from a rereader's perspective. Um, I just felt like it was significantly less than in the major books, and I was hoping for a little more. But I don't know until I go back and reread after we've read everything anyways. With the sleepless though, I was <laughs> I was a little concerned because it seemed like 
it just happened and then they moved on like nothing happened and like, <laughs> um well like can we talk about it for like more than two minutes <laughs> like can, can we at least acknowledge what happened um so the sleepless also it, it brought back we don't know but i at least hearing it the first time, I assumed that Axes, one of our previous interlude people, was also a sleepless because okay. this guy knew him, and it was in the same like little part as he's talking about his family or whatever. I don't know all this kind of weird stuff. So I was like, is Axes a sleepless or a Night's Radiant? Or, I don't know weird stuff going on. Uh, but yeah, it was really that entire scene. I also felt was a little uncharacteristically dark. We've had some dark theme, like definitely dark themes throughout the Stormlight Archive books in Roshar, um, but I feel like this was just way more like grotesque vision, like creepy, like horror movie kind of imagery going on. And I was like, "Whoa! Like, what's going on? Like, she's thirteen. Like, you're too young. Like, to see this. <laughs> like, go, go get some food. You know, <laughs> it, it, it was it was really like intense and like really creepy." Um, which was different, and I thought it was kind of neat just because it was really mysterious. But it makes no sense to me in the current things, like the issues at hand. How does this guy fit into anything right now? I don't know. I don't know how these go is supposed to be incorporated. It's just kind of... Mm, right now, I'm discounting it as, well, there's a ton of really weird stuff in Roshar. But I'm not gonna think about it too much more right now. I feel like it's gotta from a, for how bizarre he was. There's gotta be so much more to it. But like, where there's no room for that right now. We've got a million, a million other problems. So I will say, from for a first time reader, that's exactly what you should be what you should be feeling. This that was super weird. I have no idea what that the implications are for that, and I'm not gonna think about it. I'm just gonna keep reading. <laughs> Oh, oh, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I, I I totally understand that you're supposed to just be like, whoa, what was that? Oh, well. But, oh, no, that that is probably the biggest thing I am dwelling on coming out of this book uh, is that encounter right there took things to a new level for me in, in the entire world of Rochard. That was like a hold on a second we've seen knights radiant wielding powers we we've now met heralds wielding powers this dude feels like a whole other level of like power just kind of like lurking in the background like what whole second who are these guys and he even kind of makes reference so i couldn't tell he he keeps using the pronoun we which capitalized I, right as i was reading um Perhaps I think it is. I don't remember. It it may well be. I I kind of at first I at first I took that to mean there's more than one of him. Like there's a whole group of these ridiculously powerful. You can't kill him because he's just a conglomeration of a million little Kremlings. But then I kind of wondered like, is he actually really just referring to himself as we all these Kremlings? Right. So I I can't decide if he's like like a one-off or if there's like a whole group of these dudes but i'm like 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 whoa what else is out there in roshar he even mentions he mentions that he's watching the assassin the surgeon the liar 
we know who those characters are. Those are our main characters, and he knows who they are too. Uh, is this like an, another layer of the onion of people pulling the strings? Like, like there's there's the Taravangians and the ghost bloods of the world, you know, behind the scenes. Is this guy like the behind the behind the scenes, you know, Cthulhu controlling the entire world? Like, what what is going on here? Also, just to play into your little we question, like, is he referring to himself as we? Is he referring to him and his yeah. people as we? What I can't, the fuck that I can't shake is that whoever the we, it, like, let's, in the context of there's multiple people like him, let's say it's a an entire race, uh-huh. I'm just thinking that it's just some overlord that is all of them. And once it just controls the Kremlings, and so he has multiple people, I guess. So it's just like, yeah, some greater being. I don't know. Maybe it's one of the gods with odium and honor in them. Uh-huh. It's just I don't know, Mister Kremling man, and just has all these little Kremling guys <laughs> running around. Mr. They can't Kremling. really die because they're just made of Kremlings, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's a lot. And like you said, it is. Interesting to think of just how many characters been behind the scenes and you don't really know it. Yeah, and he's really just like the shady guy off in the background that you're like, ooh. But I, I just wanna I just wanna highlight real quick. You said Odium and Honor and Mr. Kremling Man are the are the <laughs> gonna be the three the three guys. Just wanted to just wanted to highlight that for you. <laughs> yeah. So we have Odium and Honor and Mr. Kremling Man isn't confirmed, but that would make sense. Is is that one word, or is it like is that a name, or is that like t- a title? Mr. Kremling Man, like got it. You know, yeah. He could be like, oh, just call me George because his name is George Kremling Man or something. But you're being formal, so you're saying <laughs> Mr. Mr. Kremling. Kremling Man. Got you, it. You, yeah. you definitely want to address him as Mr. As, when you're yes, of course. You would not want to be on his bad side. Oh so. no. Mr. Kremling Man. You don't say George. Oh, yeah. You don't call him by his first name. Um, oh, no. That would be impolite. Um, so, Mr. Kremling Man. I don't know. So, I, I always have this notion, which I can't. I can't. <laughs> this is how my brain works. I'm assuming that all the evil, all the bad things going on are correlated to each other. Okay. They're in accordance, some way connected. I will leave the Parshindi as separate from them. But everyone who's like evil on Roshar, the, the Ghost Bloods, all these like people, Terranji, and all this stuff that's going on, I just have this notion that somehow it's connected because it has to come to a point. I was, okay, so. At some point. But I can't do that. I just can't. There's way too much stuff that's. So. Here's what can't. I'm going to. Here's what I'm going to say for that. You said everything that's bad has to be connected. But then you have to define bad. How are you, like. Bad from whose perspective? Is the Night Watcher bad? Are the Ghost Bloods bad? Is Teravangian bad? He wouldn't define himself as bad. He would say he's doing bad things in order to do a good thing, and so he's a good person. But we would say, okay, he's a bad person because we've read The Way of Kings. And we know, and we we have, all three of us apparently have agreed that the, ends, or the end doesn't necessarily 
doesn't necessarily justify the means and you need to be Topics able to cover so you you really have Topics. to define you really have to define bad before you can say all no. bad things are going to be connected you're, tr you're trying to distract us i'm catching you right now you're trying to lead me astray you're trying to lead me astray and you have been this whole time because there's no way that it's that deep like that crazy because it's from the reader's perspective that's why we're saying these people are bad so the reader's perspective we know they're crooked they're wicked they're everything our characters in the story may not know this that most people i don't think anyone knows teravangian is bad except maybe zeth or i don't know but if it was where it's it turns out that okay at the end of the story oh the ghost bloods were the good guys and we just were viewing things from the wrong perspective if that happens, then I don't know. I just wouldn't know anymore. <laughs> so, so we're, I'm gonna stop you there, Trevor. You're trying to lead me astray. Fair enough. That is that is that is fair. Speaking of sides and and people who we don't know if they're good, we don't know if they're bad. Who who are you? I want to go back real quickly to Axes, Paul. You mentioned him for a second, and. It's it's just a name drop here, where this guy this guy has a name, right? I think I wrote it down. Arc Arclo. Yeah. Arclo. Arclo. Yep. So, I we we never want to address him as that. So I'll, I'll stick with Mister Kremling Man uh, going forward. No, no, um, he's just of, part you know, of respect. Yeah. He's Arclo, but, uh, but the guy controlling him is Mister Kremling Man. He's the one you don't. Ah. Uh, uh, Any anyway, sorry, <laughs> right, go ahead. Mister Kremling Man drops Axie's name. Which I'm with you, Paul. I, I kind of thought at first, like, whoa, is Axes one of these sleepless guys, too? I, I think I convinced myself, no. I, I feel like we kind of dived into a little bit of Axes is Amian and has powers that come along with that, which maybe explain his weirdness. But at, in the same time, this, this tells us a little bit of like the circle that Axes runs in. Like, this guy knows Axes. Axes, I guess, probably knows this guy. This guy seems to be one of those incredibly powerful in the shadows kind of people. Now I'm kind of mentally categorizing Axes in that same category of is Axes way more connected than we maybe assumed he was when we saw him. So now I'm very curious there. Also, just the whole like, philosophy side of things arclo mr kremling man go, goes on and on about he's trying to build his philosophy and oh i need this information from you my dear little lift to flesh out my philosophy and that that sounds like axes would do like axes just traveling the world like trying to learn about spread and learn about the world like that's sort of what this guy appears to be doing too so now i'm kind of mr kremling man and axes are in the same uh gentleman's club i think so if you guys remember our axes interlude before way back at the first set of interludes in the way of kings he is i believe he's in the he's on some coastal town somewhere in the top left i don't remember where he is and he's trying to attract specific types of spren and he's taking notes on spren and he's been like he he insinuates that he's been around for years and years and years, and he's got all the time in the world to do this. And he's trying to find all the spread he can. And if you remember, there's this geyser in the bay 
that goes off like every every day and you can set your clock by it and all the local people says say oh it's a spren that 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 does that there's a big there's a big spren in the bay and he sets off this geyser every every day but what have we learned about spren since then do do wind spren attract the wind or does the wind attract wind spren or do honor spren are honor spren attracted to honor or do they create honor like what do you guys what are you guys' thoughts here? So you're saying it's not a geyser spring that makes the geyser. It's attracted to the geyser. And there is something else that is running this little geyser guy. Correct. So Axes, is he really there to find the spren? Or is he there to talk to the thing that's attracting the spren? Probably talk to the thing that's attracting the spread. Good guess, Paul. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Woo. Anyway, just some. So, here's a here's a nice Brandon Sanderson uh, a pen for you right now. That back in the way of kings, you didn't know anything about spread. Like they were just weird, creepy things that crawled out of the ground when you were in pain, and like you know, danced around fires and stuff, and whereas created geysers in the middle of uh the water but as you get to learn things and then you go back and reread you can start connecting dots of wait this sprint isn't creating this geyser this the sprint are attracted to this geyser what's actually creating this you know so there's it's just one example of how brandon sanderson appeals to the rereader and how much how many layers there are to these books and how much He's mapped at the beginning, like years and years and years down the line of through these books, which I'm, I'm a huge fan of. It's part of the reason why I started this podcast because these books have so much reread value and I wanted to catch you guys on your first read, uh, partly for our, uh, for most of our audience's enjoyment because they've read it and they can laugh at you, but then also so that we can look back on this and see how naive you guys were and kind of laugh about it later. So just wanted to highlight that for you that is pretty cool good good point any more thoughts on mr kremling man or the rest of edge dancer not really i mean nothing nothing specific there there were a few other little little bits and pieces that i noted a few other kind of name drops that mean absolutely nothing now but they'll they'll go on my list of questions i'll i'll compile i'll add these to my my oathbringer questions that i i i have for the end of that one so more more to keep an eye out for but but overall i thought it was a very a very fun little side story if you will and i, I feel like I, I hope it's going to set us up really well for Oathbringer. I feel like it has. It, feel, it feels like a really good way to kind of step back into the, the world of Roshar, and I, I'm ready to dive into, you know, the real meat of what's about to happen because we've we've hit a, a pretty incredible high coming out of Words of Radiance, and the, the world feels like it's on the, the brink of something maybe perhaps literally earth-shattering, and so I'm I'm excited to go figure out how that all is going to play out. 
Paul? Yeah, I agree. I, I like, uh, like I said, I'm ready to get into the meat of it with, uh, with Oathbringer. I feel like this was kind of our little salad before, before, yep. uh, <laughs> before Oathbringer. So, um, I'm excited to, to dive into that. It's, it's been a while. So I think I'm going to have to, to be more critical and more like analytical, like every little detail is important, which I know it was important in our other books too, but not not as much. I would say if if our main series books are ten out of ten, at least at least think about all the little things that you see. These other ones are like a six out of ten or something. So I'm excited to to go deep. Cool. To close out this episode, and we'll go into greater detail at the beginning of next week for this but can i get one or two things that you guys are excited about or anticipating for for oathbringer before we jump into it to, and start it uh next week so one thing i'm extremely excited about which yeah you know, i can kind of predict that i think is going to happen is we're really going to see an array of our knights radiance working together or you know, just having a, a stronger understanding of their powers. We're going to see a lot of them, like, work together. Now that we have Kaladin, Jalan, Dalinar, Renarin, all these characters that are Knights Radiant now, they're going to figure this out. They're kind of past the intro phase there, and I think they're going to start to work together. And we're going to see some really, really cool sequences, I think, maybe combining their strengths and things and uh doing stuff like that. So that's probably my, my my most notable one. That and of course Zeth with Nightblood. I always want more Zeth content. I always will. Um so yeah, those are my two big ones. Paul, I feel like you and I are switching perspectives or something here cuz you're you're talking mainly all about that night's radiant excitement there and I'm gonna go out I'm gonna go on record and say I'm the most excited about Zeth at this point. Like j- even just as a little nugget of Edge Dancer and the history we now have about Nightblood from War uh, uh Warbreaker. All of that now really intrigued as to what's gonna happen with, with Zeth. I was I was more like in a pit after Warbreaker having learned what Nightblood was capable of, thinking Oh dear, Zeth is about to wreck the world. But then this little little cameo we just got of Zeth here in Edge Dancer, he doesn't seem like he's on that path. He doesn't seem like he's on the path to total chaos and kill everyone because I have Nightblood. He seems on a far more productive and I, I don't even know how to phrase it. Good path, if you will. So now I really want to know what, what, what Zeth are we going to meet in in Oathbringer. I, I guess I'm assuming that we are going to meet Zeth, but I'd be pretty shocked if we don't. So as a as a first-time reader, I remember going into Oathbringer wanting more Sill. Because for half of Words of Radiance, Sill's dead. Kind of. Like, she's, she's either dying or dead or in slumber or whatever you want to define that as. But you don't really get that much... Yeah, you don't really get that much Sill. Uh, in words of radiance. So going into Oathbringer, I was excited for more for more Sill. So 
that's what that's what I'm looking forward to. All right, with that we can conclude our episode on on Edge Dancer. Next week we'll be doing the prologue through chapter two of of Oathbringer. We'll be taking it more nice and slow, back to our normal our normal pace of th- three or four chapters a week. And then we will get beginning into Oathbringer. So thanks for joining me, Paul and Elliot. We got plenty more to come. And uh, also, uh, the day this goes live will be a one-year anniversary for our for our podcast. So congratulations and to to you too for we've done been doing this for a year now. So thanks for thanks for joining me, guys. Incredible. And, and thanks to all of you guys out there who have who have made the possible over the year that we've we've done this the, the the amount of interaction we've seen from you guys has been so awesome both on our our discord channel and youtube comments and and all over so uh, a huge thank you to you guys for sticking with us for a whole year yeah i must say it's been super rewarding and honestly just fun to you know to see to see the interactions with our youtube videos and our discord channel um all the the fun memes that go on there and uh, people's comments and stuff. It, it's, it's honestly incredible. And I, I honestly didn't think we would have such a, a fun little group of people to talk to and stuff, but it's been really awesome. So uh, one year down and, you know, maybe a year from now we'll be current. Maybe that's optimistic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, current. Paul. Yeah, current with maybe we'll be in rhythm. We'll be close. Yeah, they are long. Oathbringer is really long, so <laughs> they we'll do see. The word count I'm, does I'm increase with each book, so we. I'm speaking it into existence. So, all right, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for joining me, Paul and Elliot. See you next time. <laughs>